bum pow. It's time for the Art and Science Punks, the podcast where we talk about art, science, and technology. As punks, we love to create, to explore, to fail, to succeed, to learn, and to listen to loud music. I'm one of your punks, Kate Stenzinger, and with me tonight and every night is my amazing punk partner. Hi, I'm Rob Stenzinger. Hey, Robbie. <laughs> How are you doing, Kate? I'm good. I'm excited to talk about home automation tonight. Okay. I would like um, my house to just respond to my thoughts. Mm. That's not entirely infeasible, but I don't know if it would do what you would wish it to. I was going to say that feels like one of those careful what you wish for kind of things. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've, seen, um, I've seen controls that, oh gosh, what is it? Uh, when, you, when you attach pads to your, um, to your skull... And you can pick up electric sig- <laughs> electric signals, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, there are essentially sort of consumer level versions of that, where you can um, have an amount of thought activity cause something in a device, right? Sure. I guess what I was thinking but is more like, like I drive into the garage and mm-hmm. I think to myself, "Hey, doors unlock. Hey, oven preheat." I don't want to go like put a um, contraption on my head. Sure, like a spaghetti colander with that's right wires coming out of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't thinking that. Well, that's cool. Um, that's uh, <clears throat> so some of it can be the theater and the show of it, right? You don't have to have everything caused by exactly what you would prefer because you came into the garage. Lots of things can notice you came into the garage. And then stuff can happen. And while that stuff is happening, you can be, you know, much like someone doing like wavy fingers at a garage door while it's opening or closing. Yeah. Sure. That might feel like you're the garage door. My kids like to do that. Yeah. My kids like, they like wave a wand as I push the button and then they're like, I opened the garage. Yeah. So whatever you feel like happened, that's fine. Um, The automation might pull it off in a different way. Gotcha. I don't know if that's acceptable, but I'll have to ponder that because mm-hmm. I could see then, you know, opening the garage door for a different reason, and now the oven's preheating. <laughs> and that's not what I wanted. Yes. Yeah. Context is everything with this stuff, right? So home automation—that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Obviously, mm-hmm. um, I think that a lot of progress has been made. I'm curious what would be kind of your ideal state. Like if you could take any science fiction movie or take anything that you could conjure up um, with, because home automation has made such huge, huge strides in the last few years, right? There's been a lot of different things that have happened. And, you know, there's what home assistants now with just about every, all the major companies have their own kind of home assistant and, mm-hmm. and, and different things that can connect to it. But if you were going to create your ideal fantasy home automation state, what would that look like? Hmm. Like walk me through a day or a part of a day. Uh, yeah, a lot of angles to look at through this because so you're, I, I like what you're describing is just sort of a day in the life and what it looks like for a, for a person to just have stuff, things happen. Um, Cause I having played around with and worked with this stuff now for a few years, I I've got lots of thoughts on the, like coming from both directions, both the system-centric perspective and the user-centric perspective. But um, I think what I would like to have happen is 
more places in the house be aware that I'm there. And it, and it doesn't have to be in this fine-grained detail of like my right hand is behind, you know, I'm, I'm waving my white, right hand behind me as my left one is in front of me and I'm walking at a slow pace. I mean, just to just notice like, oh, there's I'm pretty sure a human's in this room. So like the difference between laying down and standing up, oh, turn on some dim lights, right? Um, oh, see now, I would not like this. Okay. I would like to actively tell things is, what is to do. Is that how it's going to go the whole way? <laughs> <laughs> we, we already can't agree on a thermostat setting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, right. But no, so like if we walk into, let's say into the like living room mm-hmm. and lay down and now the lights turn off, well, I might be in the middle of d- doing something. I don't want the lights to turn off. That's fantastic. I don't sleep in the living room. <laughs> so... When I wake up and get out of bed, I would like it if the room just sort of knew. Like, it's the room's pretty sure that okay. I'm now standing and I'm going to cross the room in which I sleep. Your description just needs to be a little more specific. Okay. okay. So. I started, you said day in the life. So yes. here we go. I woke up. That, that's what, that's okay. how my day typically okay. begins. You wake up, then what happens? Yeah. Um, some, some, I think dim lighting by default based on time of day would be nice. So if, uh, I mean, if, if it's, if, Based on the sunrise and sunset, if the sun is already up, it'd be nice to have a little bit brighter lights to be able to notice it and whatnot. Sure. Um, but anyway, uh, like room notices I'm up, lights respond to that, and then I would like that pattern to follow me from from bed to you know closet or bathroom or whatever. And um, that's uh, that'd be nice. So you would just, like just based on kind of motion, movement, and you know, other... Maybe posture, right? So Posture, but also time of day, right? Sunrise, sunset. So Mm -hmm. those kind of data points. Yeah. So you'd take it a step further than kind of what we have today with the, you know, hey device, turn lights on, voice activated. And we have a little bit of this throughout our house, but it's, but it's inconsistent. Yeah. Some rooms are covered more, more than others. Uh, Some rooms have a voice assistant, some, some don't. Some rooms have one voice assistant versus another, <laughs> so it's not ideal by any stretch. But it's it's um, but it's let us play and experiment. Yeah, with, you know, without spending a total fortune. So your ideal state then would include kind of some of that motion. Yeah. I think the thing for my ideal state that's um, probably just a, an addition to yours, and, and maybe if I let you get through your whole day, you'd, you'd, get, you'd cover this. No, I just mentioned, I've, what I like is that I covered a part of the day, and we're on the same page with, with what yeah. that is. So tell me, like, what's different about that for you? Um, very similar. My big thing is, I want like one place to go to, um, I don't know, to set up, to do setups. Mm. You know what I mean? I feel like right now, like if I'm, you know, if I want to use some type of automation, there isn't like a single wrapper for it, at least for me in Mm -hmm. my mind. No, there isn't. You're right. And so many tools have so many different, I mean, this year, and we've talked about this, this year we had in one of our solstice trees, um, there is an app for that, mm-hmm. and that was super fun. Mm-hmm. But I, I was like, I don't need an app for every single thing that is app enabled in my house. I would like uh, some more, like a common control panel kind of thing, or somewhat. Yeah, yeah, I okay. really would. 
Uh, yeah, okay. That that sounds pretty reasonable. So you know what else I would like? What's that? Jarvis. Okay. So Jarvis, uh, so what did... No, no spoiler. Well, it's kind of a spoiler, right? I mean, Jarvis is is um, Vision. So right, but I don't. I didn't ask for Vision. Okay. I asked for Jarvis. Oh, okay, gotcha. Different thing, different being. True. Okay. But like that level of, and that kind of goes to what you talked about too, right? Jarvis knew when someone was coming in the house. They knew who the mm-hmm. people were coming in the house. They knew who was trying to get in the house. Yeah, um, Jarvis had a lot of data, a lot of context. Jarvis knew who was calling on the phone. Mm-hmm. Jarvis knew, and I he knew. Well, Jarvis or he, whatever we we assign a persona, gender, and all that stuff. But like, had a Jarvis male voice. Had a male voice. So, uh, I mean, Jarvis knew details within um, within the the workshop as far as what yeah. tools were where, how to hand them, how to respond yeah. to different situations. Um, like, oh, there's a small fire, please put it out, and all that. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Jarvis was very, very capable. Jarvis had uh, Find My Friends plugged in right away. Jarvis knew where everybody was. <laughs> sure, yeah. So they'd be like, Jarvis, where's Rob? Yeah. Rob is stuck in, currently stuck in traffic on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Which, uh, I mean, though, yeah, that's interesting. So so potentially, you're you're talking about, like, integrating a ton of different data sources and then having some pretty darn capable agent being able to act on your behalf. And okay, so I get that this is a movie, all right? I'm not totally sure. a lost human being. Um, and there are reasons, but what the other thing to me that felt natural is it was all voice-based. Mm. You would ask what you needed. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's what I think, you know, some of the, the digital assistants that we see today, a lot of them are that way. Um, it's tough where, I mean, Jarvis is able to part, almost participate in conversation at a human level where the, the context and uh, generalization and stuff that, that Jarvis was able to do yeah. was obviously written by a storyteller and performed without having to build the technology. But <laughs> it was, you know, it demonstrated the possibility, like how something could hypothetically be. And, it, you know, that's, that's pretty great where. And if anybody is con- completely confused right now, when I'm saying Jarvis, um, you'll need to just go watch the Iron Man films. Yeah. Marvel. Iron Man and one, one, two and three, I think. Yeah. So it's, uh, but and um, so every, sure, many many uh, many stories and films have uh, have highlighted what if we had an artificial artificial intelligent artificially intelligent assistant, and what might, what might that be like? And um, having access to a lot of context, a lot of sensory information from the environment, a lot about you and and knowledge of you and your history, and then all of a sudden your relationships and people and stuff. It's kind of like combining. Um, <clears throat> Facebook plus <laughs> a smart home plus plus you know like there's a lot of um plus a voice assistant oh yeah what I was one thing I, I was thinking about regarding voice assistant is uh, you can talk to Jarvis in a way that makes sense to you you don't have to learn how Jarvis wants you to talk right and right now we're at the stage of voice assistants where they they expect you to know how you, how you know they they want. want you to talk right well and two. They're all cloud-based, where Jarvis was um, mm. 
uniquely integrated into the home mm-hmm. and then had access to go kind of out beyond. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Jarvis. Uh, I don't really know. Is that different? Is that different? Mm-hmm. So the idea. So what you're describing is where where does Jarvis think and where does Jarvis uh, remember things and store things well, and where right, can Jarvis show up? Because right now, one of the creepy things is is you know these things are listening to you all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh gosh, there was a there was a, um, a product pastor on social media that helps with um, it helps with addressing that, and I don't really know how effective it is, but it's a but it's an interesting. Um, Oh, what's it called? I'm not going to remember it right now. But the idea is you put this little blob of something on top of your voice assistant object, right? A lot of them are kind of tube-shaped. And you put it on top of it there, and and essentially it's blocking the microphones of the native thing to then only offer its own microphone, which does not go anywhere to the cloud or whatever. But it does have enough ability to understand your voice. So it can pass through commands. And then the meeting, oh. in between time, um, uh, funnel white noise at the agent. Interesting. And yeah, so that that's that. Then it's not listening all the time. Um, and lots of discussion has happened about this uh, for for a few years now because I mean we're the um, I mean first big splash mass market um, voice assistant voice assistant was uh, what Amazon. Echo slash Alexa in like 2014, I think. Yeah, late 2014. I, think, I think so. That sounds about I mean, right. Holy moly. We're already nearly four and a half years. Ha ha. Oh boy. <laughs> Got one in. <laughs> it's right behind me. <laughs> and it's listening. And it's listening. So. Well, I have another question for you. Yeah. Jarvis. Yeah. What does it mean? Mm-hmm. It's got an acronym. It does. Do you want to know? Sure. What's the acronym? I never knew this. I had to look it up. Okay. Just a rather very intelligent system. (laughs) I don't know. That's what the Marvel Wiki says. Yeah. I think that's a backronym. A backronym. Sure. But that's really weird. Yeah. That's not what I expected to find. Just a rather very intelligent system. Jarvis. Nice. So it's a to me, it smells like a backronym because it because it's got rather very right where there's there's sort of two descriptors yeah. that I mean they're not doing their own job in in the in, in the acronym. So, mm. but otherwise it had been Javis. <laughs> a little bit of an accent, sure. Well, and and it still can be. It just depends on where you're from. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Okay, back to home automation and to the the real world instead of kind of your ideal state. I do like. I mean, you were you were jumping all over there with uh, with stuff that. I mean, those are big conversations. Like I just the um, the the discussion about what is being listened to and how yeah. much and how local is it versus how much is being sent to the cloud. That all depends it, on a lot of things. It depends on which which device you're using and also what things you have enabled for it to work with. So. How do you feel about that? Like we have, again, I'm going to ask you here in a minute because mm-hmm. we've tried a few things yeah. and one of them made an appearance already on the episode. What <laughs> do you, what do you think about that? Cause I mean, you have a lot of data security, data privacy, mm-hmm. um, bones in your body. Sure. Uh, so how do I feel about the, the, like the kind She's of. She's always listening. Yeah. The always, um, 
Well, I mean, for me, it's, it's, I have to ask myself, how much do I trust the entities I'm working with and how, how important is it to me to be able to explore and play with the, and, and maybe even seriously use day to day these technologies. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's, uh, it's there, it's a, it's a murky gray thing where in the end I feel like I'll bring more benefit to my life and my family's life for the things that I can, you know, justify and afford, um, to, uh, you know, adopt and explore in this space. But, um, but I do it in a way where like, I don't like these devices aren't on our, our network with the rest of our, um, technology. They're on their own network. Sure. And things like that where, yeah, I mean, I, I, I trust enough to, to become a user, but then, but I'm cautious. And then I've, I've got plans as far as being able to do more monitoring of what they're doing. Cool. Um, so I mean, I can share more about that in the future, but, uh, I mean, there's some projects that, you know, you can hack a raspberry Pi into being essentially a, um, a gateway router that, that, you don't uh, really have to hack the raspberry Pi, no, but, but you, but <laughs> hack as a hack as a term to, um, not break in, but to craft. You can just use the Raspberry Pi and, too, because <laughs> you know what I mean. There's a lot of work. There's making involved um, to to. to That's get the best the part result. of the Raspberry Pi. Nothing wrong with that. Exactly. It just well. All right. I gotta stop using the word hacker like an like an old hacker. <laughs> because nobody agrees about what that like the the common that ship has sailed as far as um, the in pop culture. The right? language. Yeah, hackers are bad. Right. Overall. And it's like, is that yeah. the name of this episode? No, it's not. <laughs> I won't, no, I'm not taking that stance. I disagree with that stance. So, anyway, it also would not be great to name the episode Hackers Are Not Bad. Because <laughs> that would lead to. You just don't want to be divisive at all. Other do you? misunderstandings. Let's see. Divisive. Divisive, divisive. I think I have some, some stances that are divisive, but because um, I'm. I'm very strongly human centered and I'm willing to um, uh, recommend businesses need to take on some risk to not be um, essentially misusing and and hurting the populations of people they serve. And that's not a universally popular stance. God, always sticking up for the humans. (laughs) Exactly. All right. Did you have more on that or can I ask right, my no, next? No, no, no. Yeah. Thanks for meandering back with me on that. No, um, awesome. What's, okay. what's next? So we've tried a few things with home automation. What is one, and you can never keep yourself to one, but I'll try. Mm-hmm. What is one thing that you have felt that was like really successful or your sa- your your favorite home automation? Technology. Mm. That was a dramatic question. Mm. It's very dramatic. At yeah, the end. I need. We need background music for this. Ah, <laughs> uh, my favorite. Um, I don't think we're very far with it, but it's tough because you need two pieces, in my opinion, because changing the interface to the home to be to be voice. Is a is a is a portion, right? Okay. But it doesn't solve on its own the voice assistants. They solve a set of problems that deal with here, providing you audio, 
which is nice, mm-hmm. but that's not enough for me. And so, so it's like you can stream music really well and ask some basic questions as far as news and weather. That's great, right? Yep, but that's that not nice. enough for me where it's like that's a little bit novel because we had that pretty well close at hand and easily accessible um, before adopting voice assistance. Yeah. But then combining that with something in the environment, I think that's kind of awesome. Ah, I'm not going to be able to pick even two because <laughs> more things are coming to mind. So, all right. So I'm going to say inside the house, things like um, having, a, excuse me, a voice assistant with some lighting and some that, light controls, some light controls. It's that's, that's quite nice. And then if you combine it with the ability to control media and now you're really making like a, like a living room, pretty darn smart and helpful. So, some combination of um, smart switches or bulbs. We started experimenting with bulbs first. Now I wish we would have just went to switches more so. The bulbs are fun, but... Um, I like the different colors. The colors are nice. But, um, but I think that somewhere there's, a, there's a, um, probably a sweet spot as far as getting the most um, lighting effect without as, spending as much money, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so there's there's the lighting plus a voice assist, voice assistant, and then also plus a media controller. So like um, um, uh, Logitech Harmony, it's uh, that's neat because it can you can control your TV or you know sound system and and other stuff. Yeah. So that's then you're you're suddenly getting a lot for saying you know, hey voice assistant. Um, let's watch Netflix or whatever. Right. And all of a sudden a bunch of stuff can happen, which to your point earlier, it's flaming hooves. It's not, it's, it could be, it could and should be way better, but it's, it's difficult because there's so much of the control and stuff that, the, that it's not standardized. And it's, it's not like building a website and like going to a website, right. and a web browser and stuff. It's there, there is, um, there are standards sprinkled within here, but then there's so much that's not standard wrapped around all of it. So then you have, well, okay, I guess in order to make Harmony talk to, you know, the Google Home, I've got to, you know, do these steps. And then in order to get, you know, and yeah, you just jump through hoops to, to make it work. But overall, once the hoops have been traversed, works pretty great. Yeah, I think on that one... Um it works pretty great. It kind of goes back, though, to the other thing that you had said earlier about you have to know exactly what to say to make <laughs> those things work. You're right. I'm trying Which... to think of um, like the way we turn off the TV. Like I say it wrong and nothing happens. Right. Because now – exactly. Because now you have two different companies – pieces of technology working on this task and one of them is in front of everybody which is the voice assistant and the voice assistant is trying to almost be like a librarian or a curator or something to say these are these are reserved phrases and those are you know when those reserved phrases are uttered only in a special way will i deal with them and and then you know, without knowing them ahead of time and how you can work around it, you can get into these bumpy situations of, well, now I have to say, turn off the TV in a special way. Yeah. And then what we have is, which I was hoping to be a temporary workaround, but it's been useful, so I've kept them up. But I've, <laughs> we've got post-it notes, sticky notes um, on sort Just of... Just right there. Yeah, so hanging out, it. saying, and it's sort of a, you know, choose your own adventure of, of um, getting the voice assistant's attention and then what action do you want to take? Yeah. Not the, Not ideal. 
but um, uh, okay. So then that there was that that sort of inside the house stuff, and it's it's sort of in that order. Okay, that, of that's going all from, you get from voice to whatever. Um, we talked about the sprinkler already, <laughs> and that because that was a big pain. That one, that, that is a good one. Know, I forgot fine. about that one. Yeah, I mean that would like like the the unintelligent sprint system and uh, would just not notice that, hey, you know, months are not the same length. And so odd days become even days and uh, vice so versa. So where we live, you can only water your lawn on the odd or, odd e- or even days based even on the number day. of your house. Yeah. yeah. And so when the in the middle of summer, it would switch over and yeah. our... And the old sprinkler systems just had like a little peg system where it was either pushed in or pulled out. Yeah, it was like a little steampunk box of springs and, and cogs. And you'd go click, 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 yeah. poke, poke with, with pegs. But now we've got the ratio. And, and it would overwater. Yeah. And then figuring was... out like the timings to get it to not overwater. I mean, it was a pain because it never took into account the weather. And the ratio takes into, into account the weather and it actually knows what the calendar. <laughs> yeah, like so it knows even in odd days, and you can just tell it yeah. that, and yeah, it's pretty cool. And it's like it has a bias towards saving water and whatnot. It's so that's that's um, that's a neat situation where you can automate like and take away like one whole set of annoyances with just one one device. And um, so that, that one, was a good that, one. That one's a pretty great one. That is a good one. Okay, you were right. I picked way more than one. <laughs> <laughs> I won't pick any more now. I'm done. Okay. 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 So I think for me, um, the one that, you know, the home automation thing that I've liked, and this is kind of silly, is um, the ability to schedule different light things. So cool. I can go into an app and schedule the lights and you kind of talked about this, but, um, and schedule the lights on the outside of the house or like, um, holiday lights Hmm. to turn on and off at a certain time. So I don't have to think about it. And so it's just nice in the neighborhood to, to know, you know, like my outside lights are going to turn off at this particular, you know, they'll turn off at midnight or whatever. Um, and not have to think about it and just kind of have that schedule set. And of course, you know, I, during the seasons, I go in and change it, but that's pretty easy to do. And it's like, oh, I, I need them to come on earlier because it's getting dark sooner, or mm-hmm. hmm, I don't need these to come on until really late at night. Hmm. Yeah, no, I didn't mention timers. That, that's really interesting. Too. That's I like that. That's a good thing about home automation that I hmm. that I like. Okay, I, and it's pretty up there too. Is your favorite, or or did you? Is that sort of a well, like a oh, worth, no. wor- worthwhile mention. Com- and- oh, no, it's my favorite. Oh, cool. All yeah. right. Um, okay, so now what about home automation things that we've tried through the years that maybe didn't work so well? Hmm. And this can you can even go back to maybe before the technology was um, as good as it is now. Uh, let's see. Total busts. I think... The the puzzle with uh, the the smart bulbs versus light switches, it's still that is no good, right? Because in order for <clears throat> you, so let's say you buy a smart a smart bulb, but you have a switch that's not aware of um, automation and smartness, right? It's just a physical on off. Well, now your smart bulb can be in a situation where you tr- you're trying to send it a command, and 
the, the switch is off. So there's no way to do it. Oh, sure. And then what are you left to do? So you can adopt these little magnet things that cover the switch. And it essentially, you know. Yeah, people mo- just pick them up and turn the switch off. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> stop people from. Ah, so it, it's. Um, right, right. They're like, well, why is this in the way? You know, and. Uh, and that's, it's this perfect representation of, of the system has to meet people with, with where they're at sure. in order to really bring the most benefit. Yeah. And I just think smart bulbs fail really hard in that way. That, that's my big one. I'm How about the, you? I'm on the fence there. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking about that. But um, the one thing that we tried that I didn't like, um, it was a, a thing. I don't know if you remember this, but it, uh, on the door lock. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And it was supposed to be where, and the device itself looked cool. Like I visually liked the design of it. Mm-hmm. It was pretty big, but I still liked the design of it. But the concept was, is that, you know, I could, again, pull into the driveway or pull into the garage, flip my phone, hit a button, and it would unlock the door. Sure. Um, or I could be, um, you know, at work. And be like, oh, did I lock the door? And then lock the door from there mm-hmm. yep. through um, the amazing, you know, internet. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> um, and it just, it just never worked well for me. Like it could never see the door from, unless I was standing right in front of it. Yeah. A lot of problems with AM, right? So you have something where you want it to be a smart device, but it, its main thing is it speaks Bluetooth instead of um, Wi-Fi. So it's not really on the network. It's on the network indirectly. And so for that particular lock, we had to connect it through our Apple TV. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. <laughs> yeah. So it was kind of being connected to the world through Apple's HomeKit and... Not always great, like, but neat once in a while when you could actually say to your phone, you know, hey, phone, unlock the garage door. And it worked sometimes. And again, it, it was very specific language. You had to say the exact name of the door. Yeah. I didn't know it, but that one bugged me. I loved the idea of it because, you know, was, there was some very hands-free options. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it just needs a little bit more refinement as yeah. a device. Yeah, because, I mean, a lot of things about it. And then it's facing physical physics problems where the uh, the strength of the motor in the lock doesn't necessarily compensate for the expanding and um, the, the <gasps> expand right. contract situation in a house that with where we live, it goes, we go through some extremes. We, um, we right. go through like, um, like very cold, like below zero weather in the winter. And then, you know, definitely, well, and then, okay, Fahrenheit. I, and, and I really forget to map that. I'm sorry. I've, as a child, I grew up being promised I would learn the metric system, and that never worked out. And I always feel like we're failing the world because of that. So, anyway, uh, anyway, in Fahrenheit, that's the one I, I know easily and reliably. It's uh, you know below zero, and then sometimes you know around one hundred. So yeah, pretty wide things, and that causes the whole frame of the house to change shape a little bit, and things like your doors will stick or not, and whatever. And so that little lock sometimes is like, nah, I don't have it. I can't. I can't neither either unlock or lock. Yeah, and I, that's, that that was that didn't work out so yeah, well. Not working. 
All right. Well, I think more fun to be had with home animation is, you know, as time rolls on. Uh, all right. I'm just going to say it. Not to throw them under the bus because August lock. That's the lock it is. So there you go. I just want people to know because I know if I were listening to the podcast and it was like, oh, gosh, uh, I want to get a smart lock. And I don't know which one they're talking about. We're talking about the August lock. Sorry, August. All right. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you ready to do some picks? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Um, you have an art pick tonight, sir. All right. I have the, a fun little utility that I is... I always love your fun little utilities. Is it, is it just one utility or is it several? It's probably one. Okay. Just check in before we jump in. Yeah. It depends on what happens in this conversation. So this is... It's called Blob Maker. And I think I'm sorry. Did you say blob maker? Blob maker. I love this. Uh, and it, it lives up to its name. It's a very, very simple, um, a very simple tool that allows you to generate a shape. And that shape will have um, more of a um, look like almost almost like a a one color version of like what a puddle looks like or something that fell on the ground and is, is kind of a liquid. So kind of like, or, um, Oh, uh, like, um, a blob. <laughs> sure. <laughs> one could say that one could okay. say that. Just, just wanted to make sure. And you can adjust how complex your blob is or how simple. And, uh, and then, then adjust it's sort of the extremity in sort of, uh, how push or pulled each of the different parts are. And, and, and can you change the color of the blob? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, so, look at that. Purple blob coming your way. And then you can do some randomizing, too. And I think that um, especially when you crank up the contrast and the complexity, random generates a lot of interesting stuff, which is, I think, nice fodder for doing some, some sketching. Oh, cool. Yeah. So that's what I think is um, blob maker. It's like a. A random food for thought shape to... Can you export the shape you make then? You can. And Like if uh, you fall in love with your blob? Yep. If you love your blob, you, your, your blob can follow you home. Oh. Yeah. It's very sweet. So It is very sweet. My voice cracked there. Sorry about that. Well, you know, it's, that's what happens. I got really emotional. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I so, love that purple blob. Blob maker. Okay. I like it. Um, I have a science pick. Oh, cool. Did you have more to say about your blob? I'm sorry. No, I don't. You're looking at me like... I just feel weird not doing any more picks. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, uh, I could do it. I have another one, one, but I'm like, nah. No, no. That's good. All right. So I have a science pick, and my science pick is a little different today than... um, what I've done in the in the past. Celebrating NASA, typically. <laughs> right. Which is what I do, too. NASA is unaware of this pick, mm-hmm. um, I believe, until, you know, after this podcast. Then they'll be well aware, because I know that they're all listening. Hi, NASA. <laughs> we love you. Um, so for the probably the last, I'm going to say for the last maybe six years, uh, maybe seven, I have been making a cleaner to clean our countertops. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that may sound weird to people, but uh, I was in a yoga class because that's where you learn all the best things. I was in a yoga class and we did one night where we learned to make a natural um, 
cleaner that didn't have a lot of like toxic ingredients in it. Because hmm. if you're going to wipe down all your surfaces every day, um, you know, let's do it with something that's going to clean and not, you know, be bad for you. Mm, okay. And we made this cleaner, and I don't know why, it just has been one that has always really, really worked for me, and it's kept our homes clean. And It seems to do the job. It really right? kind of I mean, does the job. So it's very simple. It's a fourth cup of vinegar, because that's, you know, a main cleaning ingredient. Fourth cup of white vinegar. Two teaspoons of borax, which borax you can get in your laundry aisle. Um, and that's just like a powdered uh, soap hmm. detergent. Also known as sodium borate, sodium tetraborate, and disodium tetraborate. That's what I was going to call it, but I went with borax. <laughs> nice. And then um, you add hot water to that, like, you know, about three cups of hot water. And then, my favorite part, you do about 20 drops of essential oil. And this is where it's really fun because you can really change up your cleaner. You can make it what you want. Um, I use um, a really nice... Um, young living oil called RC in my cleaner most often, but you know, around the holidays, I'll change it up and put something, um, you know, some cinnamon or some nutmeg or something in the cleaner. It's just mm-hmm. kind of fun. Um, but just some, and any oil will do that just happens to be the one that I really like in the cleaner. Um, pumpkin spice cleaner, huh? Pumpkin spice cleaner. There you go. Do some lemon cleaner. We've got some good, you know, energized and mint. Whatever, whatever trips your trigger. And then it does say um, the recipe originally calls for a quarter cup then of liquid soap, just a real clean and natural liquid soap. I find I don't put that much in at all. I put about just a little squeeze of liquid soap in because um, I found it kind of made the cleaner a little too sudsy to do um, to do a full quarter cup. Okay, so that's the difference. I have noticed that sometimes when I use it, it, it really... Um, I mean, it's easy to get sort of these, you know, suds and bubbles. Yep. As you're yep. scrubbing along. Hmm. Yep. And so then you feel like you got to, now I got to rinse kind of my, what I've just cleaned off. And sure. Okay. I prefer a one step um, cleaner. Um, so yeah, but I use, um, you know, like a seventh generation, just a real clean and simple uh, liquid soap to, to add to the cleaner. And that's it. Hmm. Put it in a heavy duty spray bottle. Spray your countertops down, and away you go. Okay, yeah, I I can say that that I've I've really liked it, and it's I I just uh, I didn't know you changed the smell that much. Other than because like sometimes I'll be like, does that is that different? But because it's still there's something in it that keeps the like some sort of a common baseline smell, and then it kind of has a little twist to it. It's um all but these I, years. But I've loved it. It's I, I do not like when we run out of that soap. I know. Spray soap. I know. And it takes it takes no time at all to make. I mm-hmm. have like a little bag of all the ingredients. I just have to grab the bag. I've got a little plastic funnel in there. It takes no time at all. And um yeah, when we run out, it's always like this. Ah, go make soap. Go make cleaner. Go make cleaner. <laughs> sure. Anyway, I wanted to share that one just because it was a little bit different, but um, a lot of fun. And I think it's um, I think it's a fun one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clean up after your science experiments. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very sciencey. It is. I mean, well, it looks, I mean, you can always wear a lab coat when you're making it. Um, you <gasps> could use beakers and stuff if you wanted. I could. I could. Yep. Fantastic. Well, I think that wraps us up for today. Awesome. Thanks for listening and for being a part of the Art and Science Punks community. Robbie, where can the people find us online? Well, 
in the in the world of social networks, we are art and science punks on Instagram and on Twitter. We are the more brief art science punks. And and is is very extra sometimes. You can find our podcast feed at artsciencepunks.fireside.fm. And we are also available on Apple Podcasts and Google Play Podcasts, where we would appreciate your kind words and ratings. Thanks, and you can reach me at our Art and Science Punks Instagram or as Kate Stenzinger on Instagram. Well, and, well, I'm out on the Instagrams as well as Rob Stenzinger and also on Twitter as Rob Stenzinger. Keep building, making, and sharing. My cleaner. I guess I can say um, <clears throat> fighting a cold. Hopefully, I sounded all right, and um, I definitely prepared prepared super hard for this this recording. I mean, how many hours of nap? <laughs> That's true. You, you. This is your most well rested podcast. I yeah. I don't know. Stellar work, my babe. Secrets. My secret spice is a four hour nap. <laughs>